0: Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this podcast from Prophet Thalene Sparks. Oh my gosh, it's just such um, an amazing thing to be here. I love this church, I love the atmosphere, and it's just like, you know, I found my tribe. (laughs) It's uh, it's a long way to come for church, that's all. God bless you. Turn to someone and give them a high five. Glory to God. <laughs> give Jesus a high five. Ooh. Awakening. Oh my gosh. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I mean, we've we've watched the Bonky Crusade, right now, Bonky. we've watched these crusades, we've watched, but you know, it is is amazing, it is Australia's time. I know I sat up and I watched the elections and seeing Trump get in and I don't care what you think about him, he stands up for Israel, he's pro-life and he's pro, he's he's keeping the gender confusion out of the military as much as he can. But I mean, um, you know, and I watched that thinking, you know, you know, really, really negatively. Oh, well, you know, the Buckley's before we see that happen in Australia. And then we saw glory to God at Kairos, a bit like a Stephen Bradbury anointing, when Scott Morrison's come scatting into Christian prime minister, Jewish treasurer, hallelujah. And now an awakening, hallelujah, God is visiting this nation. Hallelujah. I believe he's handpicked this church. He's handpicking. I was reading, Um, I was reading, uh, actually I had a, I had a, Um. Uh, vision slash dream type of thing. And um, in it, I saw, first of all, I heard the Lord say, I'm on a tour of duty in this nation. And I saw a black and white, you know, the old version of um, Elliot Ness, Ness and the Untouchables. Elliot Ness, you know, the and the Untouchables. And um, sorry, the old black and white. I'm sure the remade with Kevin Costner was a bit violent. And anyway... <laughs> And uh, but in it, Elliot Ness was raised up as a someone who was gonna shift the culture and stamp out bootlegging. And what happened was uh the men that they that worked with him, a lot of them were in the payroll of the mob. They were they were they were on easy street, they were compromised in their position. And every time he got to a place where he was gonna stamp out crime, they'd get a tip off, and he could never do do anything to clean up the city. And so I was reading uh later on. Um, in the book of Gideon, when in the book, of Gideon, the book of Judges, when God was gathering, you know, men around Gideon, and, and uh, he had gathered this great army, and then God said, uh, "Send back everybody who won't deal with fear." And eighteen thousand men left, and then he was left with about six thousand. And then God brought them to this well. This well of um, where they were, they, they, were, they had a choice whether they could just lay down their weapons, stick their face in the water, and forget about everything else. And I love the river, but it's not just about you and me. And God says, I want you to just mark the ones that lap like this, but they've got the hand on their weapon and they're looking out for the harvest. And I read that and the Lord said, in this move, I'm picking my own men. Just like Elliot Ness, he went to the powers that be and he said, I don't want the men you give me, I'm going to pick my own men. And he went to the, to the cop on the beat, the one that really wanted to make a difference. He went to those with a genuine heart to bring change. Jesus spoke to him and he said, in this move, I'm picking my own men. I don't want the show ponies. I don't want those that are in it to having the name, the fame and the claim. I want the real fair dinkum, dinky die, amen. Will the real Christians please stand up, amen. Glory to God. And I believe God's handpicked this church. I believe this church is a house Of bread, and there's bread in the house. Amen. There's bread in the house, and so um, uh, praise God. I want you to look down, the seat you're in, look right, left, and tell someone, "I think I'm, I think I'm the best looking person in this row." (laughs) (laughs) Turn to someone else and say, "I'm definitely the most spiritual." Well, I want to say thank you, uh, Pastor Chelsea. Such an honor to be here, and uh, just thrilled to be here. It's just, um, you know, just, just, uh, you know, I feel like yeah, you ignite something in me, and and I love that. I want to pray for some people this morning. I want to say once again, thank you. It's great to see my great friends Frank and Denny again, and uh, say so, such an amazing couple that the fire's never gone out. Amen. The fire's never dimmed. Hallelujah. And uh, glory to God. Amen. I want to pray for the person here you have a problem in your shoulder. Who's that person? God wants to heal that this morning. And uh, would you slip out of your seat? And apparently there was another James. I had a word for a James. Would you like to come, James? And also, is there a Terry? Is there a Terry? Did I get Terry in the first service or not? Is there a Terry? Terry, or the name Terry means something to you. You have a cat called Terry? No, I'm sorry. (laughs) And, and the Lord gave me this word, hyacinth. And I don't think it's someone watching too much of, you know, Mrs. Bouquet. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like it's a street or a brand name or something. But anyway, um, I feel like it's very much of, you know, definitely something I heard. So praise God. Yeah. Which is James? Where's, oh, you're James. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Father, I thank you for James. And James, soon I put my hand upon you? I saw this new armour coming upon you. And the Lord says, you're already a mighty man of valour. But the Lord says, I'm giving you an upgrade in many areas of your life. For the Lord says, you're going to know that it's a, even a heavenly uh, armour that I'm putting over you. And there are angels around about you. And God says, I'm Jehovah Sabaoth, the captain of the warring angels of heaven. And God says, um, even as Joshua said to the man who had the sword, drawn. Are you for us or against us? And he said, neither. Um, Take off your shoes, it's holy ground. The Lord says, this is holy ground. This is a new season of commissioning. The Lord says, I'm drawing you up even into a new authority, even to a fresh revelation that it's time to advance and move forward. And everywhere the sole of your foot treads, I'm going to give it to you. For the Lord says, I'm giving you a treading anointing. And the Lord says, the enemy will be ashes underneath your feet. For even as Joshua, and I see Joshua chapter 10, and Joshua uh, needed a Greater open heaven. He needed a greater anointing and he said, Sun stand still and moon stand still. And the Lord says, Even as a man. God intervened into nature for Him. God says, get ready for God. He says, you're going to see Holy Ghost interventions. You're going to see Holy Ghost encounters. But the Lord says, it is going to be on earth as it is in heaven. For even a Holy Ghost uh, escalator, even where the angels of God are ascending and descending, I've given you even that, that that access granted, and you will decree things and they will happen. And even now, God says, get ready for you. You're going to take a giant step forward. For I've called you even to be a man for all seasons and all reasons, and the things you've been through has been to even give you wisdom and understanding. For my people go backwards for lack of knowledge. But the truth sets them free. So God says, you're going to have wisdom and understanding. For even as Solomon said, give me a heart that can hear God. Give me a wise and understanding heart. And because your prayers have been not for yourself, but even for my kingdom, my people. So the Lord says, I am going to prosper you. And I'm going to bless you far above what you could ask, imagine or think. So even stand still and see the salvation and the breakthrough of the Lord your God. For I'm for you. And the Lord says, even out of that heart of intimacy and that heart that would yearn and burn, even for that walking in the garden as it was with Adam, the Lord says, just like Enoch who walked, God says, you're going to have a unique, you're going to have a walk with me that will be even so intimate. And I'm going to share my secrets with you for the secret things. God says, Psalm 60, Psalm 25, 14, the secret, of, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, honour him. And to them He reveals His covenant. God says, "I'm going to bring revelation around about your life to the plans and the strategies of the new season that I'm even releasing." Says the Lord. God says, "There's a prophetic ear to hear, even in a great way." Says God, Father. We release that now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Who's who's the person with the shoulder problem? Oh, have you? Gone? Oh, yuck. Yeah. That's horrible. It's, a, it's, not counted, it's a Okay, right, right. Okay, let's pray for that. Put, let's put our faith towards this precious man. Father, I thank you that this is nothing to you. This is but a light thing. This is easy for you. Because you're Jehovah Rapha, the covenant God of healing. And so Lord, as we stand in faith in your house, the house of bread, we're in your house today, God. And I thank you that healing is the children's bread. And in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this tumour. I rebuke this growth. I rebuke this infirmity. Go out of this body now in Jesus' name. Go right now. Get out in Jesus' name. And I release the healing gift of God. And I say be healed. Be healed be healed, be healed, be healed, Lord, right now, every bit whole. Lord, we see that breaking off of him. We see that breaking off of him in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, every bit whole. Thank you for healing today. Thank you for that miracle healing today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sir. Amen. Where is Terry? Is there a Terry here yet? Okay. What was that for? Your shoulder, uh, yeah. Father. Right now, I thank you for healing. Right now, I just speak into the 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 pain and the strain. Right now, Lord, I release that freedom into this shoulder. Right now, every bit whole, Lord. Right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, that you would restore into every area, into the rotor cuff, into the shoulder right now. We just speak healing in the name of Jesus. Let the deep healing power of God totally, totally, totally eradicate every bit of pain. In Jesus' name we say be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. What's your name? Anthony. Anthony, Anthony, I just see the Lord saying, as you lift your hands, and just lift your hands as a prophetic, God says, get ready to receive a greater abundance. For God says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills and I'm going to cause the wealth of the wicked to come into the hands of the righteous. Get ready for a wealth transfer. For God says, I'm going to cause even prosperity to flow uh, to you. And God says that there's going to be a blessing of the work of your hands. And I see all these green shoots coming out. God says, get ready for even like Aaron's rod that budded, there's a fresh budding, not only in finances, but in the call of God. But the Lord says, even as Aaron's rod budded in the very ark of the covenant the Lord says there's a new anointing coming around about your life and God says it's going to be an anointing of breakthrough it's going to be anointing even of healing and you will lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. And God says, even those with bone disease and with cancer, even those with um, um, lameness, even those with blind eyes, God says that even on the streets, God says, you're going to see my healing power will flow. God says, I'm going to show up and show off through you. For I'm not only going to be Jehovah Jireh, but I'm going to be Jehovah you So the Lord says, get ready for you're about to walk even into a new flow of my anointing a new flow of grace. And the Lord says, this river is going to flow upward. This river is going to be supernatural. It'll go counter against every natural thought because it's going to be supernatural. And I, I'm, I'm calling you to be my superman. I'm calling you, calling, and I saw even like a S on your, you know, superman and a cape. And God says that anointing. And even that mantle like Elisha who cried out for a double portion. The Lord says, if you see things as I see them. You'll receive this. Amen. And God says, a man of vision, a man of breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So and God bless you. you. Give us a hug. You. Bless you, sir. What area was that, love? And my shoulder. It's your shoulder. Is it, can you lift it? Oh. I can lift it. It's just been dodgy for a few years. I can be dodgy for a few years. Mm. Well, Father, right now, you don't want anything dodgy. Lord, right now, I thank you. Lord, we, we're not going to settle for just putting up with stuff. Lord, you died for everything. Lord, your stripes caused us to be healed. So Lord, right now, we want to go after everything you paid for. We want to make your death a death of honour. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand against infirmity. And whatever has made this dodgy right now, in Jesus' name, I speak healing. I break the power of inflammation, arthritis right now, and the things that have affected this shoulder. And we say, go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for healing right now. Healing right now. Healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And I just uh, hear the Lord say that... uh, just as David went from zigzag to Hebron to Zion, you're in a time of transition. Don't zigzag at zigzag. Yeah. Hebron is a high point. And God says, I'm taking you to the mountain of spices that you might inherit your Zion, that you might inherit the full, a full blessing, a full breakthrough, a full destiny. So God says, even in this next three months, God says, and it will transition you into a new season of three years and beyond. So God, you know, I see a, I see a picture of Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> it goes infinity and beyond. God says, spread your wings. Spread your wings. Because it's not infinity, it's eternity. I've put eternal things in your heart. And God says, the temporal is now going to make way for the eternal. For I've called you with an eternal purpose and destiny. And I'm calling it forth You're going to spread your wings and you're going to soar into the possibilities. Speak to the mountains. They're going to move. Hallelujah. Amen. What what area was that? Um, Does it? Okay. Wow. Amen. um, Wow. Because it's very rare. Is it blue? Yeah, a flower. He had it on his coffin. Wow. Praise the Lord. There's a heritage, but there's, a, there's something coming down the pipeline from heaven for you. What's your name? Alison. Alison. Father, we thank you for Allison. The Lord says, I called you from your mother's womb. And I planned for you in love before the foundation of the earth. And the Lord says, even through the uphills and down dales, and even where the winds of adversity blew against you, and do not think I'm pleased with the things that you've had to go through but I will cause all things to work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And those things that didn't add up God says, I'm going to add the wow factor, the God factor. And you're going to find that what which was, which, which was disadvantage will now be turned to advantage. And that which looked like dead ends will now be doorways, even into a whole new realm of favour, a whole new realm of promotion. Promotion comes not from the east or the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm hovering over your life. Even as I hovered over the face of the waters, even as my spirit hovered over the upper room, God says, I'm hovering over your life and there's going to be a reshuffling and there's going to be even a realigning. And the Lord says that there's going to be even a cutting off of old things. There's going to be disconnections, new connections, and there's going to be reconnections. And in this time, you're going to feel like an internal chiropractic alignment. And I'm going to cause you to flow, go and grow and accelerate even in this season. And God says it's going to be um, even um, a supernatural alignment. So the Lord says, know that even as it seems like there was things where I pressed the pause button, now God says I'm pressing the fast forward. And so the Lord says, um, you're going to know that you're going to outrun the chariots of Ahab you're going to outrun those things and you're going to look for those things that have contended with you. You won't even be able to find them for I'm making you a sharp new threshing instrument. So fear not. God says there's an anointing to break the spirit of barrenness off of people's lives and even spiritual barrenness for many more will be the children of the one that's had to go through a seemingly barren time. So the Lord says, get ready for a kairos of my favour for I'm shifting you into a time zone of favour, a glory zone The Lord says, even now, your tongue is a pen of a ready writer. And Psalm 45, the bride is all glorious within. And I've given you the spirit of truth. For I desire truth on the inward parts. You're going to be a truth bringer and even a truth singer. For I'm putting in your heart a fresh song and there will be a prophetic word of hope. God says you'll be a heralding voice of hope and you'll bring hope into hopeless situations. You're going to bring life into lifeless situations. And like, a, and like a, a midwife, God says, you're going to help many be birthed into their kingdom promises. But the Lord says, I'm bringing you into a multiple birth season and it'll have a domino effect. And in the next uh, season, you're going to see three miracles of change. For all your changes are in me and your times are in my hands. And I see a young man you've been praying for, and the Lord says this is a turnaround time for him. And this is going to be for you a tipping point into the uh, abundance of my blessings. For I drank the cup of suffering that you might drink the cup of life. So get ready to drink deeply of the wine of a new time, says the Lord. Amen. we seal that now in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you, darling. Amen. Amen. What was your what was your issue? Hyacinth. Hyacinth. I come from Kenya. And Hyacinth oh, is, is a weed that has been troubling. In, 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 in Kenya. Yes. Oh, and it's been in, in, in Victoria. Wow. I like Victoria. But it's from your country. It's from my country. Wow. So hyacinth okay. means a lot. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yes. Amen. Yes. Okay. What was your first name? Phyllis. Phyllis. Yes. Father, we thank you for Phyllis. Yes. Lord, I thank you that you. You reached out for uh, to touch Phyllis today. And I just saw the Lord just really reaching in right now deep inside. And the Lord says, In the very core of your being, I'm putting a fresh fire. For oh, yes. the Lord says, Holy Ghost fire. Oh, yes. And the Lord says, Surely know that even in this new season where I refire you, yes. there has been even some things that have tried to cause you to retire as in, as in... Draw back, But the Lord says, I'm thrusting you forward like an arrow in a bow and arrow. So the Lord says, I've I've pulled the bow back. It would feel like a pullback, but the pullback is going to increase. There's going to be a velocity in this new season. But God says, I'm going to restore vision. And there's going to be new destiny and purpose. But the Lord says, you're going to run through a troop and leap over a wall. But there's going to be the leverage of Calvary. For I've called you to be a high jumper. I've called you to be one that will even leap over those, those high. And I just see, you know, I see um, there was a low time. And I see like that old dance, the limbo rock. You know, it's like you've had to go so low and so low. But the Lord says that season is over. And from this day forth, the leverage that was gained even through your drawing near to me. For there's been an entwining. And it's if you've laid hold of me where I laid hold of you like Jacob who wrestled in those times. And the name was changed to Peniel of the place of wrestling, the face of God. And I'm going to rename that which you've walked through to be an occasion to be in the face of God. So the Lord says this day, you've come close enough that I'm kissing you with the kiss of blessing, with the kiss of intimacy, with the kiss of promise. For all the promises of God are yea and amen. And I've put a sword in your hand. And I've put that warrior anointing upon you. I've put that, that, that uh, even like that Maasai, that warrior anointing. And the Lord says, it's going to be even a double portion breakthrough. And I'm going to give you double for your trouble. So get ready for I've underwritten all your losses. It's a year of double indemnity. I've indemnified your journey. The claims court of heaven is open. Jesus is your barrister and he's never lost a claim yet. So get ready to reclaim and enter and to recompense. And I'm going to make you glad in the proportion to the years you had to walk through affliction, says the Lord. Oh, we bless it today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Amen. How are we going for time? I'm just keeping an eye on the time. I've got half an hour. Okay. Don't, don't leave home without me praying for you. Don't leave home. Don't leave the church. I want to pray for you, Ash, and a few more people that I want to pray for. But let's turn in our Bibles. Thanks, Ash, to Judges chapter 11. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to speak this morning about the Father's heart. Amen. The Bible is a collection of stories, accounts of people. First of all, it's a history of God. It's a story of the great heroic mission of Jesus Christ who stepped out of glory and gave his whole life to redeem you and I. He came on a mission, a secret mission, because the Bible says if the devil had known the plan of God, what it would produce, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. And he came to die. He was born to die so that you and I might live. And you and I are receiving the breakthrough that he died to give us. And if today you're here and you've never... Had the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Saviour. I probably wouldn't be here today if I hadn't accepted Jesus. I'm sure I would have been a statistic. Buried by the side of the road somewhere. Hitchhiking at two o'clock in the morning. Taking drugs. Wouldn't even know what they were. Someone said, this is good. You should should take this. You should try that. Remember, inhaling glass chiller. Because it gave you a good high when I was younger. But I thank God for the mission of Jesus Christ amen so I want to I want us to turn to someone in judges chapter 11 who actually um, reached out and put his hand in the hand of a God who could change his life amen and uh, our action releases heaven's response when we respond to God amen there's there's got uh, there's got to be a a a, a um, action on our part, a response from our heart to release heaven's um, um, plan in our life. So I want us to turn to Judges 11. I want to look at a guy called Jephthah. And they were, they were facing enemy battles and there wasn't any leaders. And they said in Judges chapter 10, who's going to fight against the Ammonites? Who's going, to, who's going to face the enemy? And there is a cry going forth in the body of Christ for leaders. Leaders who will not orchestrate the war from the office back home from behind a desk. I read the diary of the men called the Rats of Tobruk that were losing the battle, that the people that were making the decisions for war were the, uh, I think they were the British officers. God bless the British. If you're British here today, we love you. But they were making these decisions that were not benefiting the Aussie diggers. And in this guy's diary, it was like heavy artillery last night, loss of life. The, the Japanese Akak guns were going all night. And then there was things like this. There was no supplies from the front again. No food from the front again. The officers get the the good tucker and the, the the you know the 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 liquor and all that sort of stuff. But we, he said, we the diggers are the mugs and the pawns. We just get the bully beef and the bits of rice left over. And he just uh, was very discouraging. His diary until they had a change of leadership, and in came Montgomery. When Gomery come in, he said, the officers don't get the special treatment, that we spread it out with everyone. And he got in the trenches with the diggers and he began to fight with them. And they began to win. And they got this name, the Rats of Tobruk. Because they couldn't be beaten, there's a shift, and God's looking for leaders who'll get in the trenches, who'll go to the streets, who'll pray. Who, you know, who won't 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 just orchestrate the battle from a pretty um, office with the show ponies. Sorry if I, if I offend you, Amen. He's looking for the war horses, Amen. Glory to God. And so they were looking for a leader. And when you study the Bible, the beginning of a chapter will make a statement, then unpack it. So they're looking for a leader and then it says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor but he was the son of a prostitute and Gilead begot Jephthah and Gilead's wife bore sons and when his wife's sons grew up they drove Jephthah out and said, You'll have no inheritance in our father's house for you're the son of another woman. And, and he fled from his brothers and he dwelt in the land of Tob. And worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. Came to pass after a long time. The war broke out again. And the men of, of um, the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. And said, be our leader and our commander. And um, he said, well, you kicked me out. You didn't want me. And they said, no, we need you. And uh, something had shifted over Jephthah's life so powerfully that those that asked him to lead now came and asked him to leave, leave came and asked him to lead. And he led the nation into revival. And I, I want us to have a look at this. The Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. Or it's the, uh, God's got riddles and mysteries that as we search it out, we start to draw close to him. And we start to go, wow, God, wow. And that word Tob means goodness, the land of goodness. And you'll find the exact same word in Exodus 33, where Moses, who's having encounters with God, and he, his presence is going with him, and then, and then he wants something more than the presence even. And he says, show me your glory. And God hit him in the cleft of the rock and allowed all his glory, all his goodness, Tobay, same word, to surround him. You cannot separate the glory of God and the goodness of God. And it's a prophetic picture that here this man, Jephthah, name means striker and opposer. He had a chip on his shoulder. He was born to a prostitute who took that child to the house of the man who had, uh, had got her pregnant and said, here, you raise him. And here this little boy who can't work out, you know, why he's not wanted. He, the brothers hate him because he... He's not. Uh, uh, he's making his mum, the mum upset. She looks at this little boy and thinks he just he just represents the fact that I wasn't enough for my husband. My marriage is failed. You know we've got to raise this kid now. And the, the brothers are thinking, well, why should why should he get a bunk in Tommy's room? Why should he get any presents at Christmas? Why should he even be at this table? And the Bible says that he grew up in this in this place where he wasn't wanted and rejected. People reject. They start to form an exterior. They get in and reject you first. This toughness because he was rejected. But his name not only means striker and opposer, it means breakthrough man, one who breaks through. And God has got a redemptive purpose and destiny over your life. And often it's the very opposite to what you've walked through. Amen? Because God says this, I'll bring my greatest strength out of your greatest weakness. I'll build my biggest edifice of power over the fault lines of your past. Amen. God is that sort of God. Amen. And so here he was in this situation. It says he was a mighty man of valour. He loved God. He had, in his heart, he was, he was studying the Word. You can tell later on he was an incredible um, warrior. But he had some butts. You know, he's buried under butts. It's the butts. I, I, I would, I would, I would serve you, God. But, but for this, but for that, but I was born poor. But if my family hadn't, you know, I was sharing in the first service. My dad was probably an alcoholic. We never used that word. My mom was um, not a well woman. She had breakdowns, suicide attempts. My dad um, had a suicide attempt. Blood in the bathroom, ambulance came and shoved all the furniture out of the way, carried him out. We went into care. We went into care a few times, um, a number of times. And, and so there was a chaotic family. And you could think, well, 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 pity we weren't born rich. My dad won the golden casket. He won lotto. And there's a picture of me on the front page of the Career Mail when I was about four at the Scarborough Pub where dad began to drink it all away. And one, my sister Kathy was on one knee and I was on the other. Front page of the career mail, the people who won the golden casket. And they say, uh, when um, unless your life is shaped, uh, 80% of people who win gold lotter or casket end up exactly the same way or worse. And so a number of years later, exactly the same way. He actually had to declare bankruptcy as a carpenter. And, uh, and so um, in this higgledy piggly family, I, I grew up taking drugs, by the time I was 16, I was smoking dope and dropping mescaline, uh, 18, riding a motorbike, and, and um, um, I'd left out part of the journey um, when I was um, 18, not only riding a motorbike, but I had an abortion. So I hate the abortion law, because as a young teenager, there wasn't any alternatives that I knew of around about, and you were offered it. It was just um, not so much offered it. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't legal back then, but um, you weren't presented with an idea that it was life. And um, I hate the fact that I have a child that I won't meet till I go to heaven. And if you think abortion's easy, many years later, there's probably not a month go by that I don't think of that child, not with guilt, but. I wonder what they would have been like. I wonder what my grandchildren would have been like. I wonder what future they were meant to have. A year later, I was pregnant again, booked in for an abortion again, paid $80 at a down payment. What's a life worth? 80 bucks. And I remember sitting at my desk at work, thinking about, I'd like to tell you, I thought about the preciousness of life. But I had such a... Terrible time with the first one that got botched up, and I got rushed to hospital. And and uh, I'm sure they knew that it, what what was really uh, happening. But um, I remember that uh, terrible experience, and I thought, you know, m- maybe maybe it'd be good to have a baby because they're kind of cute, and I see people pushing them in um, prams, and I can give up work. And uh, you know, how hard could it be? You know, they are, they are kind of cute. And on the flimsy decision of that, I cancelled the appointment. And when I look at her today, you know, people, young people, young girls are taught to think that it's just nothing. And I remember being in Mariba, Mackay, up that way, in a meeting with some Islander women and we were interceding. And I had lifted it up to the Lord many times that I, I don't know that I felt much about taking a life. And as I knelt there with those women in a tin shed praying, the Lord brought it back to me about this child. And he said, because I had three children by this time and married. And what if it'd been and he brought each one of their faces before me? He said, What if it had been a Peter? I thought, oh no, I couldn't bear to be without my Peter. What if it had been a Madeline? Oh no. Oh. No. What if it had been a Madeline? What if it had been a Lawrence? No, not my Lawrence. And for the first time, I deeply grieved for my child, whose life I took. You see, it wasn't going to be a child. It was a child. It wasn't. I I robbed that child of its destiny. And besides me and when my family gather, every now and then I think I have a fourth child that should be there with the grandchildren that I was robbed of. And I hate abortion. Amen. I hate it with a plague. No, I'm not bound by guilt, but I certainly know I have a precious child that I will meet again one day. Amen. And so, and through this life that was taking drugs and and uh, getting pregnant and 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 having a baby girl, and someone told me about Jesus, and I thank God as I as I listened that I got down and out enough to listen. And as I prayed and said, Jesus, if you help me raise this child so she doesn't turn out like I did, so she doesn't hitchhike in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, so she doesn't take drugs, so she doesn't get her heart broken over and over again, I'll serve you all the days of my life. And God was faithful. Amen. She is serving God today. She's preaching the gospel. She's working in a Christian school. I have two granddaughters with her. They come and prophesy with me. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. I'd like to say that, that you know, I, I got saved and, and never faced another problem. That's what you think, hey? That the angels of God will come and strew right, petals before you each day. And you'll hear Ariel from Frozen ah, singing in the background as you float out each day. God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. But I was very broken still. You're born instantly, born again. But Psalms 19 says, you know, the Word of God is perfect, converting, healing and changing the soul And so out of my need and out of my brokenness, you know, I used to get two buses to church. Well, actually a bus and a a taxi to church. I get a bus to the city, a taxi to West End. And then I get a bus from West End to the city on a Sunday, wait an hour to get a bus home. And so I was traveling most of the day to get to church, but I loved it. Because the church alive is worth the drive. I tell you what, I've got no time for people that think it's too much to get in a car and drive half an hour. Because I sat on two buses to get to that place of knowing that I was going to be with Jesus. Amen. And for months the floor was just wet with my tears as uh, God began to heal my heart. But I was still broken. So I married the first person who was kind to me. <laughs> he gave me a lift to church, gave me a bag of tapes. three weeks later, he proposed. Yeah, I wanted a father for my little girl. I married Dr. Jekyll. I met Mr. Hyde about three weeks later. I'm saying all that to say, even if you're making perfect decisions, stay in the house of God. Stay in the house of God. Don't check out because you abort your destiny. Because I'd like to go back and say to that young Feline that was broken, that was struggling with, with grief and disappointment, and how can my life end up like this? Hold on. Glory to God. God's going to turn everything that God, the enemy, meant for evil. He's going to change it. And no, God did not ordain that I walk through a divorce, but He was able to walk me through my broken decisions. And make a tapestry. You look at a tapestry. They've got all mucked up threads on one side and a beautiful pattern on the other. He'll turn it all around. Turn it all around. Amen. God's got a great plan for your life. I don't care how messy it looks. He'll turn it all around. Amen. Out of that brokenness, God brought me forth. And the word here, you know, Jephthah had all these butts, had all these marks against him. You know, the lot is cast into the lap. I don't care whatever hand you dealt got dealt, God can win with whatever hand you give him. Amen. He, he's got a stacked deck for you. He, you can't lose for winning if you stay connected to him. Stay connected to him. And so the land of Tob, the land of goodness, he actually, he actually ran, fled to, to a place called Goodness. And He didn't just visit on a Sunday, He dwelt there. And we need to get a revelation of His goodness. And God is going to open up a portal here today. He's opening up a portal. He's going to take you to the land of goodness. He's catching you up into a fresh revelation. Because when He ran after the inheritance was being dealt out and He didn't get any, He was an orphan. And the Bible says, Jesus said this, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And the second great work of the Holy Spirit after salvation is to release The spirit of adoption. And it says in Galatians, it says, I want to just turn there quickly. And um, it says in Galatians, thank you, Lord. And because you are sons... God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, "Abba, Father!" Therefore, no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. God wants to release the Spirit of adoption. That's the feelings, the emotions. Don't consult your own emotions to see whether this be so. Don't consult your history to see whether this be so, because the Spirit of adoption is totally separate, different. It's a, it's a new dimension. And I want to speak about adoption because it says in um, 1 John 3, 1, Oh, what manner of love is this, that we might be called the dear children of God. Yeah. And I want to give you a practical example because God wants to release the spirit of adoption in a greater way over your life. And my middle girl, Madeline, went on a journey for 10 years and uh, waiting to have a child. Part of that was three very, very, you know, like emotionally draining IVFs and... Have you ever prayed with someone as they go through that? And your body is pumped with hormones for all this stuff to happen. And after the, you know, the third, you know, it was just so terrible. And then uh, they begin to consider adoption and, and then you start the years of waiting through that and the and the going through a fine tooth comb and the things that they challenge you about are ridiculous. Like they support Destiny Rescue that helps young girls, children come out of prostitution. Well, the government said, why do you feel compelled to rescue children? You psychologically. You know, it was like they go through everything. Well, praise God for the government. If they're listening. <laughs> because she's applying for a second job. <laughs> anyway. Um but when the, finally the file went to Taiwan, once you pick an orphanage, you cannot have your name at any other orphanage. You just wait in the line year after year. And I remember as we stood in church once again praying, God, you're faithful. You're faithful. And the Monday after that Sunday, Maddie rang me and she said, Mum, I got the call. And I said, oh, what call, darling? I mean, for so long. She said, the call. The call. The call? The call? The call. Yes, they've matched us for the little boy, 18 months old. And they sent through a picture and we blew this picture up this big, put it on our fridges, couldn't talk about anyone else. And um, we can have that picture up if you like. We'll just leave it there. And, 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 and he has no idea. You see, he's an orphan. God wants to break the orphan mentality. All of us planning, talking, buying presents, planning, lots of stuff. We'll just leave that one picture there for a while. But, but he has no idea. They had to put together a talking book in, 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 in Mandarin. Uh, ni hao. We learnt Mandarin. Ichi. Sai jen. <laughs> Bushi and Buya were the two words we heard most from him at first, which is no and don't. <laughs> But they had to put together a talking book in, in Mandarin which said, this is your new your new home. This is where you'll be sleeping, where you'll be living. This is your forever mummy. This is your forever daddy. He's 18 months old and he gets read, played to him each night. This is God's talking book. This is his talking book. He's your forever father, your forever God. He's got a home in eternity and a plan in this life. Amen. And then they, had, they got to Skype him. And they wouldn't let me be there, but I got to, you know, they videoed the Skyping. And he's there on a little drum and a little xylophone. And and they're trying to lift up a ball to him and coax him to interact. And I saw him on that xylophone. I said, that's it. We're putting money aside. He's going to Hillsong International Music School. Look at that talent. You have no idea what God is planning for your life. And when they finally flew over to meet him for the first time, six months, it takes of courts and everything. But they coaxed this little boy into a room with toys. And he comes in and he's looking at him, And he's staring at the toys, staring at them. And they got him to play with them a little bit. But after an hour, he goes and puts on his backpack, puts on his hat, stands by the door, sees an orphan. He knows the drill. There'll be a bus along. Somebody's going to take him back. And Maddie's talking to him in English, which he can't understand she's saying, you don't know this, but we're going to take you to the land of Oz, the land of Tob, and we're going to love you like there's no tomorrow, and you're going to be our little boy, and you're going to be my baby. He's standing there, you know, and sometimes this goes over your head, that I'm your forever father, and I have a home in heaven for you, I have a great plan for your life, and it's like, I'm an orphan, orphan thinking. And then they, then they had to um, come uh, to the courts and the courts did not bring that little boy in and say, if you're a good boy. They didn't bring him in at all. It was parents, do you agree to raise this child totally and completely with complete uh, looking after their welfare with inheritance that will be in any, uh, the same as any other sibling? Do you agree to totally take on responsibility? We do. and The Father God has a certificate of adoption with a new name, with a new plan for your life. He got a new name. And when they brought him home, there had to be a bonding. And there had to be a reattachment. We were all there at the Brisbane airport to celebrate him coming. See, he had no idea what was coming up. I want to just show you just some pictures from that time. And just align the story. If we could go through them now. We had a big party. If we keep going... This is before they went to get him. It was an adoption party, not a, not a baby shower. And there's all the cousins waiting, waiting. Little Mia says, is he going to be our brother? There's Noah's a the cousin. And uh, one of her first cuddles. And uh, he's getting to know these people, has no idea what's coming up, no idea how much they already love him. Getting to know, him. tuck it out after a day out from the orphanage. And here, we'll just pause here. He's about to get on a plane to go to a place he doesn't know. He doesn't know the language. He's got a bottle and three dummies. He's covering all the bases. <laughs> and he's about to go into the land of top, the land of Oz. And uh, the next picture is him. Come, our first glimpse of him, our first look at this new child. Keep going. Thank you. That's us at the airport. Because they're going to call him Jack. His name is Echan at the moment. That time, and you know that's us. We've been waiting a couple of hours. But the Bible says, "For the joy set before him, that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home. When one person gets adopted, all of heaven, all of heaven, all of heaven is rejoicing. All of heaven. He has no idea. He doesn't know what. What's this? You know, who me? What's this about? Who me?" And I feel like God's walking many of you to a table that is laden with so much blessing. And you go, when's everybody else arising, coming? He said, no, this is all for you. For the things that you didn't get, that you didn't pick up, that I had for you. And uh, if we keep going, there he is. He's still got the eyes of an orphan. Keep going. Still not aware that we absolutely adore him. Starting to get an idea now. He's got a daddy. Scott, starting to, I wish I'd suck my stomach in, but anyway, praise God. <laughs> Keep going. He's learning that his daddy loves him. Sorry, I dressed him a bit nerdy. He is a lot cooler than that now. <laughs> At church, meeting the family, meeting the family. See, that's a face of a son. That's a face of a son. And that's, he's got a daddy. You have a father. You see, you're not an orphan. And I felt the Lord showed me today. He wanted to spread a table. He wants to make you glad in proportion to the years you walk through with an orphan spirit. God's breaking an orphan spirit. Because you see, Jack's not, we got a new name, Jack. His his nickname was Popo. (laughs) And they called him Jack. And he learned to, after a few months, he said, Mummy's baby, called himself Mummy's baby. (laughs) And then they started to call him Jack. And uh, I remember as we got together as a family sometime later, I wanted to see if he remembered. Remembered. I said, hey, Popo, hey, Popo. And he looked at me and he said, no, Jack, I'm Jack. You see, you're not a, you were a sinner saved by grace. He's not an orphan who got brought into the fair. He's a son. He's a son. Now, as an orphan, he still had to, he used to steal a lot of things in the house. We'd go looking for them and he'd hid them because he stole a lot. But they had to give him a cupboard called Jack's Cupboard where he stashed it, all his stash, <laughs> till he learnt that everything was his, that everything was his. And he'd say, he'd say, My, Jack's car, Jack's house. But I remember at his birthday, even um, his last birthday, he's still learning. And I found out what he really wanted. And it was maybe a little above what I normally would give one of the grandkids. But he wanted a Thomas the Tank Engine Superstation. They're about this big. <laughs> so I bought it, as as I have got this weakness, as God has a weakness for you, covered it in a sheet. And when they came over for his birthday, I said, Jack, we're going to go looking for your birthday present. It's about this big. So we went to all the bedroom and the da-da-da-da. And then I, I'll come and look over here, Jack, in this room. And I lifted up the sheet. His eyes got really big. But his daddy was standing in the doorway. And he said, Daddy, Daddy, will you get me one of these? I said, no, Jack, Jack, this is for you. We brought it out into the lounge and he just sat in front of it. And then he started to drag it to the door because he's still not sure. That there's that much goodness for him yet. He's not sure that that it's all that good yet. And I said, Jack, let me carry it to the door for you. And so instead of having an orphan spirit, he's got a, a son spirit. And he is beloved. God wants to break off the orphan spirit. You see, when they first brought him home, he had to bond. He had to attach, and I found when I got saved, I got saved as a Catholic, and I thank God for the Catholic Church because they helped our family when my dad, you know, went through bankruptcy and and all of um you know their, their struggles and suicide attempts. We went into care a few times, and the nuns were really good. But I never did meet the Lord, and I found though that 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 as a Catholic when I got saved. I had this, I want to serve you now. Thank you, Jesus, you saved my soul. And that's not a bad thing to want to serve Him. And I signed up for Sunday school and I I worked and worked and worked. But you see, it was years later before I realised I hadn't really bonded. You are loved. He says, what must we do to do the works of God? Believe in me. Believe in the One who sent me. You You see, as a single mum, I remember they treated single mums differently years ago. And uh, I had had, had a caesarean and everything. So I was 24 hours and I still hadn't seen my daughter. They'd woke me up and said, You've had a baby girl. And I was so, they could have said, You've had a donkey. And I was oh, Mother's good. I mean, <laughs> but, as I, <laughs> um, but as I kind of like watched other mums getting their babies, 24 hours, I was very timid, very easily pushed around. I said, Oh, could I see my baby? Could I hold? Could I have a nurse? My baby so they brought out this tiny little thing with a bottle I didn't know any difference so I did the test it on your arm and the teeth actually um, contacted my skin and the nurse goes <coughs> took it away sterilized it again I'm going but as I I went through that first encounter I often hear the Lord say this can, can I just hold my creation can, 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 can I just Hold, Because Jack, he's still learning how much we love him. I just want to hold him. And it kind of like, he'll sometimes give me a wave, but he'll cry because he misses me. And sometimes I'll say, can I have a big cuddle? And he'll back in like this. So I get a back cuddle. He's still learning how much we love him. God wants to bond with you. He showed me a table. And I had this dream. And in this dream, I saw these very agile, acrobatic men. And as I looked, they were doing these tumbles and everything. And as I looked in this dream, I saw that they had little peg arms and little peg legs. And they could do all these things, but they couldn't reach the table. And they were going like this, trying to get the table. And when I woke up in the morning, I said, Lord, what's that? He said, I want to break off the handicaps mentally and emotionally that have put the table of relationship out of reach. That people are good at serving and all that, but I'm longing that they'd come and fellowship. And I believe He's spreading a table. I believe that this is going to be a house for the sons and daughters to come to the table. That there won't be one religious bone in your body that people won't be jumping through hoops and the earn and deserve performance-based Christianity that can only produce blinged up orphans. And pick me, pick me. God says each one He loves individually. Amen. Can I have the musicians come? Can we just stand? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to say this, that I was the first in my family to be born again. You know often God saves the black sheep in the family first. <laughs> you know my my mom she accepted the Lord before she died. And she she had a number of different things. She was terminally ill and God healed her because she wasn't saved. And when she finally went home to be with the Lord, she was in no pain. Living with my sister's place, surrounded with the family. My dad accepted the Lord before he died. My sister that had had a number of suicide attempts. She's committed to the Lord, walking, walking, in a stable marriage. It's her fourth marriage, but it's stable now. Her life stable. My other sister, my brother that used to come home drunk all the time, starting to follow in our father's footsteps. And I would be, I would be, I'd bowl him up when he was drunk in the kitchen, preaching to him, <laughs> preaching to him. <laughs> He's a Baptist pastor in, in, in Coffs Harbour now. Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Glory to God. God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. And he'll break the curse of those old cycles right now with every head bowed and every eye closed. That if God can take me a bogan from Redcliffe, I brought my son-in-law the book Boganomics for Christmas. <laughs> What, what thongs to wear with what blue T-shirts and what stubbies to wear with. <laughs> anyway, praise God. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. Just lift your hands. For the Lord would say, surely know that I am making this a house of goodness. And the Lord says, many are going to flock to this place and even those that have been rejected by religion, even those that have been used and abused and despised by the Jericho Road. For the Lord says, this will be a house of mercy. This will be a house of compassion. And as Jesus was moved with compassion, He healed and delivered. And God says, there will be much deliverance in this house. There will be much bread for the Lord would say, surely indeed, even, now and I just, uh, Chelsea just lift your hands. The Lord says that you're going to even gather round about you those with the loaves and fishes but the Lord says, uh, and I see all these sewing baskets around you sewing baskets. The Lord says as you've sown and you've sown and those around about you, you're going to gather those that will sow their loaves and fishes but I'm going to raise up big baskets of blessings, baskets of miracles baskets of breakthrough, baskets of provision. But God says that you're going to see a multiplication of the DNA and even as a seed that went into the ground, this will be known as a Holy Ghost Bakery and God says people will be drawn to the aroma of fresh bread for it won't be old manna, it won't be the stench of religion but will be the intoxicating, enticing smell of fresh bread, of healing bread, of miracle bread, of salvation bread. And there will be, even I see all these Holy Ghost trucks, but I see the vans going to the streets and the coffee vans and the and the reaching the homeless vans. And God said, know that, that, that even as the Bible says there was a king that set a great feast and He said, go and invite the guests. There was one that said, no, I've got a new a new oxen business, I can't come. And another said, I can't come because I've just got married. Another one said, I've just done this. And then the King said, go, go get the broken, go get the lost, go to the streets, go and get the harvest for my house will be filled. For I'm gonna fill this place with the sons and the daughters. For I longed for a family and this will be a family church. This will be a place where I set the solitary in families and those that haven't fitted. But God says, you fit with me and that's all that matters. Did you sit with me? And that will change your life. So right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if today you would like to ask Jesus into your heart, if you'd like to begin the journey, if you'd like to say, Jesus, I wanna come with you, Jesus saying back to you like He said to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house tonight. I'm coming with you today. I'm coming to your life today. And if today you would like to ask Jesus into your heart, as I look around, all I'm going to ask you to do is slip up your hand till I see it. Wherever you are, if you were to die tonight and you're not sure where you would go, the only thing you'll be asked is, what did you do with the sacrifice of Calvary? You might say, well, I haven't robbed a bank. I didn't kill anyone. But if you've sinned even one time, if you've told a lie, if you've got angry, sin cannot enter heaven. The only thing that washes away sin is the divine sacrifice, the precious, innocent blood of Jesus. And the only way you can have that transaction, John 1, 12, is as many as received Him, received that salvation. He gave the power to become a son. A daughter, that's you. You want to receive that. All I'm going to ask you to do is slip up your hand till I see it and get you to put it down. And that's all I'm going to ask you to do. That's you. Quickly, give me a wave. I'm not going to prolong this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God bless you, darling. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anyone else here today? uh, You want to, but you're saying boots and all. I mean, boots and all, Jesus. Boots and all. God bless you. I see that hand up the back. That's awesome. Anyone else, anyone else before we pray? The Bible says, don't put off the day of salvation. Don't put it off. See, the devil won't get you to deny Christ. Just put it off. A week from now, you won't even remember this much. That's His plan today, if you hear His voice. One more time, I'm going to look across. Anyone else? There's no such thing as a secret disciple. Jesus said, If you honour me before men, I'll honour you before the Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father in heaven. Praise God. We're going to pray together out loud with those ones that raise their hands. Dear Lord Jesus, I open up the door of my life. And I ask you to come in to be my Lord and to be my Saviour. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive you now. And thank you, God that I'm born again, I'm a new person. Thank You, Jesus, that I belong to You and You belong to me. Thank You, Lord, that I'm not an orphan. I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah, amen, amen. Thank You, Lord. I want us just to lift our hands. The Lord says, know this day, I'm bringing a renewal in your minds. And you won't think poverty. You won't worry about tomorrow. For the Lord says, no longer like an orphan will you feel like you have to fend for yourself. For I'm your defender. I'm your strong tower. And today God says, as you put your hand in the hand of the God who steals the waters, that I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, but I want you to know them. Plans for good, plans for blessing, plans to give you the future you hope for. So the Lord says, trust me. I'll take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for good. And I'll raise up the lowly even out of the ashes. For I'm the God who stoops down, right down, right, 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 right down to where you are, right down to that most difficult problem. I raise up the lowly from the ashes, set them amongst princes that they might inherit the throne of glory and goodness. Love lifts. I'm the glory and the lifter of your head today. Put your hand over your heart. The Lord says this day, I'm sealing within you a fresh understanding that I desire and long to walk with you in intimacy. And for His deep pleasure and love were you created. So God says walk with me in the cool of your garden and I will walk you into my destiny for you says the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning I felt this. There are people with old labels. Like like Jack. Jack is he's a champion today. He's not popo. He's not looking to where he can fit in. He's not wondering when he'll get the next chocolate. He's not he owns the place. He owns We go through the toy catalogue. What do you want for Christmas, Jack? He points it out. Oh, that's good. And he goes, oh, and that. And and that. And and that. (laughs) He's got boldness to come, come into love. Amen. This morning, there's a table here. And I believe as you come to that table spiritually, old labels, some of the issues we've struggled with in identity, inferiority, insecurity have come, from an orphan mentality. And you know, it was many years before I realised I hadn't fully bonded. I was actually involved in, in a pastoring in my local church. But earn and deserve and serving because I'm so loved looked the same outwardly. But inwardly, I had to have a change. Amen. And God wants to drop off old labels, old limitations, old names, and take you to the land of top the land of goodness, and to dwell there and to have a shift. If that's you, why don't you come? Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.